What's up, all you beautiful people? You are listening to episode 23, part two, with our buddy Ron Holgado from the Parachute People. And in this episode, Ron shares the difference he's seen with social media now versus a few years ago, and how sometimes we all need to disconnect from our devices, sit down, meditate, set an intention. And Ron also brought up harm reduction at festivals, which is a big interest of mine. And it's really, it's super important to take care of your fellow festies. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. And remember, play it forward. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at The Strange Road. Subscribe to our YouTube page. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Rate the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also, send some love to Ron and the Parachute People. You can go to theparachutepeople.org and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at The Parachute People. We appreciate the hell out of all you guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I've learned over the years that people just need a little nudge. And mm-hmm. a lot of people start off as like spectators and onlookers of like curiosity. Like, oh, I would never well, jump in and do that. They're and afraid the next yeah. thing you know, there they are grabbing onto the parachute. They're afraid yeah. to, too. Geeking people out. want to feel welcome that, to it. And he, he cultivates that so naturally, well. Oh, it's naturally amazing. so. And like, so that was pre pandemic. And I, pandemic has been like, affecting a lot of people in so many different yeah. ways i work in the hospital so i live it every day like i still i'm still taking care of patients with covid and mm-hmm. we're still wearing masks and uh, a big part a big spark within me like has kind of like been dim because of the pandemic and i mean yeah. because i think pe- everyone did everyone just like the you're, disconnect the disconnect like the whole conditioning your body of like social distancing like oh dude can- spiritually i was on a tear of just getting into a place covid happened it's like this show has helped me reboot my path in a lot of ways and my battery i feel recharged. like just recently i've started to feel like where i was in 2019 with yeah. just the energy and momentum I of like doing what you're supposed to do you know it, it took everybody down a notch feel more alive than when it was like full pandemic time and like this entire time, I'm just really, um, I'm really grateful for like that pause. Like it mm-hmm. was a great pause to reflect and a lot of people did pivots in life. Yeah. Right here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I lived it too. I mean, like it took me, um, let's see, eight years to, or you know, almost eight years to just finish nursing school. Like when I started doing the parachute, mm-hmm. I'm so glad I took the path to like kind of not go into nursing school because I can't imagine the person who I would be if I would have doing school and then trying to like work full time, like the creative energy that I had during those like formative years oh, mm-hmm. yeah. would not have happened. Like, yeah. um, and I'll see if I can just wrap this up really quick in this thought of like, um, being in the hospital, like as a, as a nurse assistant, like it, it's a lot of humdrum. It can be like, it's very like, all right, you see a patient, you help them, you do the vitals, you do that. And then you just repeat that end on end. And in between the times, like when I first started doing Rushoot, like I was literally addicted to doing like making posts because like, that's what made me happy. I'm like, all right, I'll do my job. And then like, I'd get on break and I would just like make a post and yeah, stay yeah. connected sure. to someone. All right. I do something and I would like dip out to the bathroom and then just like make a post. If you can imagine like how social media has evolved over the years, like it's different. You, it's an algorithmic game mm-hmm. and 
and if you're not if you're not doing a certain formula like you're not going to be caught within it however in the early days it, if you it rewarded you if you posted more right you're going to have that visibility so imagine this like for two and a half three years i posted every day I mean, dude, we, we've been posting nonstop, and we're, we just hit over a thousand followers. It's so hard to get followers so hard. on Instagram. It's unbelievable, and that's why I'm like, people like, who are new, like, can't I have so grow. much cred. Yeah. I, I don't even try on Twitter anymore. I'm just like, if I get a follower, cool, but like, that's not my game on there. Like, I yeah. don't even try TikTok. The organic growth, and I don't know if they just pump their numbers to make creators. Here's the difference that I've seen: Instagram has become this thing for businesses to sell products. Yes, mm-hmm. we're creators. It's a You're a billboard. creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're creating, you know, you're feeding your audience with the vibe of what the Rooshoot, now Parachute people, hey, we're out here doing this, uh, connecting people through, like you said, you're able to find all these people through that Instagram page. I mean, how many of the volunteers did you meet from either a Bloom or maybe from like a connection kind of how we did? Literally all of them. I mean, yeah, because... Yeah. And don't get me wrong, our Instagram followers are great. Right. And we, you know, we t- are involved in, and we respond to our comments. We're and, active in our it, social media. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Um, but the TikTok page, it, it just, you know, it, you can say what you want about it, but we booted that up about a month and a half. And the comments and the algorithm works for creators. Much right. more than say Instagram, where it's it's become it's more of branded and if like I'm having a, it's a nonstop a conversation commercial. with you know let's say for example Bert Moran or any of the other like Hollow Sky or you know, Necro are chatting or right. whoever and it's asking me is this conversation helping your business? It's like no, dude. I'm just, I'm just trying to socially page, connect with people, trying to get out <laughs> our episodes right. and connect with people. And whereas TikTok's like, it wants creators on there. Right. And they will find that algorithm to push your stuff to the right people. And so it's just, it's a different game, dude. What it sounds like to me, it's like, all right. And Instagram is very discouraging. TikTok is very encouraging. And like with the way how things are, just like you want to just kind of go where like you're going to be visible and you want to like, you want to help grow the community. And you don't want to bit in the wind you no, know what i mean yeah, you're, you're trying yeah. to do something we're on for an a uphill reason. battle right like, mm-hmm. you know you look at um you know in our youtube uh, you can dig into the analytics and you can find where people are coming to your channel from hardly anything comes from instagram or really facebook for that matter um you know where the people. traffic's driving from yeah so but for you you were able to build a, a community dude at the time yeah it was it, but it took in work. So, like, I yeah. for two and a half, three years, like, every day for two and a half, three years, I posted. But not only every day, two to three posts average. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. And, that, and now you, people you, get overwhelmed with multiple posts and people each get day. Overwhelmed. It's like if you're not just posting a reel a day mm-hmm. or well, whatever. Well, the traffic levels increase so much. Mm-hmm. So many more creators and contributors. So you were doing like three posts a day. Three, po- three posts a day. And this was bef- before like Hootsuite. So like these were yeah. all posts that I was like, all right, find the right image, find the right hashtag. And you're really crafting. I'm all really of it. crafting yeah. all this stuff. And the reason why I bring that up is like I was addicted. And like that was yeah. it was a blessing and a curse because like like thankfully, like that's that's what it took to get to where we are today. But also yeah. like the it just really it really makes you think and value like time. your time and attention. Like mm-hmm. that is, that is the, those two are the, the most 
like powerful currencies we have in our day, your time and attention. 100%. Absolutely. You can get those back. And like, sure, you always say time is time is of the essence, but like the attention there, like you can be present. Being and do present. It. Yeah. And Absolutely. not attentive. Yeah. And that's why that Vipassana tree was so, so like powerful in my life. And I really encourage anyone to check it out. And that's something that um, is free. It's really free. It's, it's donation based. Like I haven't, I'll tell you right now, I haven't paid back like um, anything. So right now it's free for me, but like I've, it's taken me all this time to really um, like get up the funds. Cause I want to make one generous like yeah. contribution. Yeah, and yeah. like at the time when I was doing it, like I, I can't, if anyone knows like the wages a, a nurse assistant makes, it's not much. It's, yeah. it's peanuts. So like now yep. that I've uh, become a nurse, I'm like, all right, this is the time to really like give back. And well, there's that karmic wheel, man. You know, yeah. it doesn't always come around when everybody expects it, but it, it makes it around. Right. But you've almost paid the universe back from the experience that it gave you with the paid parachute, pe- with the parachute people sure, and everything that you've, cr- you know what I mean? Like, in a way, yeah, I guess so, yeah. And the retreat is kind of one one thing to, like, find a cool way to pay back to the people that provided the vehicle for the experience to get you kind of to where you are now. It's, it, it's always been a part of it. I mean, ever since the very first parachute, may all beings be happy. Be happy is, like, the whole, like, it was. it, it is the bread and butter of the parachute. And I'm just really glad it... Um, it has evolved over the years and has taken less of a burden on me and like the people earlier on in the project and now has like diffused it to the new generation of uh, people who want to take the the efforts of our mission like further and mm-hmm. our mission as the parachute people is to create community through play mm-hmm. to empower personal well-being so like we're like we're that reminder it's like we don't have to preach it to you to like, Hey, take care of yourself. The play in itself is therapeutic. Right. It's going to teach you through that. And you, you just, you look, you look within and like, um, there's something valuable there of of empowering the community. And I've been one of like the more active voices within it, but like, um, I want to take more of a backseat role and empower like those who want the opportunity to like learn how to public speak. I've gotten so much, more comfortable like mm-hmm. talking in public because of the parachute like i'm not trained but i'm like oh how, how do you are you a gym teacher are you like, <laughs> no no but like, you're what, like what do you like you're what, self-taught like, i'm through, self-taught like, through your exposure with well, your work repetition because yeah that's actually, where i got all my speaking skills yeah. yeah you're just you're with the people and like not only just like um going to a random room and then seeing people in a very vulnerable state like doing things that that normally no one wants to do but you just like you have to connect with someone because it's going to make everyone's day go better and also you see the humanity in people of just like very much so they're like all right you're suffering but i see you and i'm not here to like give you sympathy i'm here to provide empathy and i'm here to like Mm -hmm. really like break down the wall like let's work together here like um this may be the most uncomfortable unpleasant day of your life but i want to do whatever i can within this eight, 12 hours here to right. make it, make it less sufferable. And, um, that's basically the goal of any meditation is to, um, not or end suffering, but also just like being aware of the moment and not wanting, um, uh, wanting to, to go away, but just to observe mm-hmm. and just like remind yourself of the breath. Yeah. Breathe, Breathe. calm yourself down, bring yourself back to you know uh, a simple focus of the breath and being present you know that 
yeah, there's, uh, we don't have those moments and you don't have to go to a yoga class to just like tune out for a good five, 10 minutes. No, and, it's a good daily practice. Yeah. You know, to just turn off for five, 10, 15 minutes and just like you're saying, pay attention to your breath. And, and, just it, it, be. and it's a practice. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You get better as you do it, right? You get, yeah. I'm a perpetual practitioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like, Speaking of, there's a breath. There's a breath. Yeah, we all just took a breath right now. <laughs> Dude, this is so awesome. Like, uh, I think this last is. week it was when, when we connected. Uh, I, I We had been trying to work out a time and a date to, you know, you've been busy and, and uh, you're a nurse now and kind of been uh, trying to get a idea of when you had a day off and right. get you in here. And uh, we had a couple dates and... Uh, then finally last week I, I called you and I think I got you a little bit uh, fired up. Ooh, jazzed. Ab- <laughs> I was like, I was like, I just kept saying, like, I, we just got to get Ron to realize what's going what on. What we're down trying here, to do. What yeah. we're trying to do. Yeah. And I think if you, uh, and then it just so happened that you have this event coming up. So uh, mm-hmm. we're like, worked out it's perfect. It's going to be perfect on Thursday. It worked out per- perfectly, man. Like yeah. it, it's so cool to like learn more about you, and like I know you and you and Bub have been like friends for years, and I, it's cool to see this chemistry like in person. I know I've like <laughs> it's not the first time I've hung out with you guys, right. but like here in this setting, it's like it's there's a there's something to it in the air, and like learning more about your narrative and like your your kind of upbringing, like. I yeah, you mentioned one time you're a cell like a cell phone salesman, but like yeah, those cell cell phone salesman tactics came out when you were pitching like, hey, we just got to get you in here, and I'm like, <laughs> I felt that energy. I'm like, oh, yes, he's great. Let, let me buy let me buy the top notch like <laughs> run of the line cell phone right now, yeah. and it got me here in this seat. And you you sold it hard, man. And he's, like he's good. It's great. No, but that's like it takes a certain it takes a certain person, certain, certain energy. But and I can't sell anything I'm not passionate about. Yeah, that's why totally I totally understand. Sell, that's sell why BS, I never worked my, out as a cell phone salesman. Right. I like to tell everybody I'm a horrible employee. You'd never want to hire me. This is my me. favorite thing he's I'm ever said. Not God, a it's good funny. employee. Now no, wait, wait. owner tell of the rest a company of it. or an entrepreneur, when it's a gig that I'm working with you and we have to show we'll knock it out of the park. But as soon as I get on an hourly wage or a salary, I'm done. No, wait. You said, I'm showing up late. Oh, I'm, I'm taking up a late, late lunch, I'm and I'm leaving late, early. And I'm leaving early. <laughs> That's it, dude. Here's I mean, the bar, and I'm setting it. God, it was so it. funny. I'm a terrible employee. I'm I remember when you first said it to employee. me, you doubled me over. I was like, have you practiced this? Like, you need to do this I could stand-up. do really, really well and sell, you know, and make made good money. I mean, the cell phone industries. Yeah, but it's hard to sell stuff service, you don't you just, care about or believe in. Back it's in the really day, hard. though, you could make a living selling phones. Sure. And, you know, I was in my 20s doing pretty well, partying all the time. I bought my first, like, three smartphones from him. Yeah, going to festival. I mean, the first Rue was 2007, I think. So, you know, I was selling phones during those years. Mm -hmm. My first four Rues from 07 to 2010. Yep. Living Um, downtown. Did that, yeah. Um, But, you know, it's, it's been a path. Just like you took, mm-hmm. you know, mine's your Vipassana uh, yoga retreat meditation. For me, I like to, I have to do those things for myself. Yeah. They're checkpoints for me. So, you know, there's like the cabin trips when we used to do recharge we were, moments. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dial you know, back going in. out into a, a cabin or going to a festival, getting reset. I mean, there's things that Rue that I learned 
and how to connect with people on a really, really uh, just complete strangers, whether it's people you're camping next to, um, you know, building connections. And then you leave those people and you might not ever talk to them ever again. Um, you, you know, with campsite bro zone, little mini bro zone, we had a, uh, a kid that, you know, grew up in kind of a bad neighborhood and never been to a festival his entire life. He's 22 years old. I remember the story, you know, CE sees ET and just somehow magnetically comes over. Hey, ET guy, what's going on? I'm like, Hey bro, what's happening? And he's like, what do you got going on here? It's like, Oh, it's campsite bro zone. You know, we're sitting here hanging out. We're about to go to muse. And he's like, what? So we're talking to this dude. Campsite bros. And uh, I think we give him a beer, hang out with him. And he's like, all right, cool. And he's like, oh, can I hold E.T.? And then we gave him E.T. And we we're like, she took pictures with him and, he, and E.T. And then we sent him on his merry way. I'm like, I'm never going to talk to this kid ever again. You know, he's had never been in an environment like Rue where it's supportive and there's just people that are willing to help you. That's what he kept saying was like, I've gotten to some jams already. People are willing to like give you the shirt. Oh, he's like, I've never experienced anything. Right. This is amazing. Like you guys are just talking. We're all equals here, and we send him on his merry way. We go to Muse. He goes to Muse or wherever, and uh, and then you know the, we go to I don't know four or five more shows that night, and then we're all heading up to the Calliope stage. And it's me, Andy, Andy, Cody, and Stoner. And E.T. just takes off. The Calliope car starts getting pulled up to the stage. And we just, I and myself and E.T., bolted towards the car being pulled up. And I lost everybody. But who was in the car? Casey. The guy. The, the young kid. Well, no, not yet. Casey and Anna. Oh. We're in the Calliope car already oh with the DMT looking fox masks yeah, with the animal the LEDs, masks. Yep. Uh, and and I, I walk up like, dude, what's up? And so I'm dancing on the car with them as it's being pulled up to the Calliope stage. And we're going nuts. We're going nuts. I was like, hey, I lost everybody. I got to go. I just took off running when I saw the car. Mm -hmm. Those guys were all tr trying to go to bed. Bonnaroo people were in there partying. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, hey, I got to go find everybody. So I dipped down out of the car and who's coming in the car the kid from seven eight hours earlier in the day that came up and, and was hanging out with the did you see him or did he recognize we you? both stopped dead in our tracks and looked at each other i go you're that kid <laughs> and he goes context he goes <laughs> you <laughs> I was like, you, you're that kid from earlier. And then I, I was like, then I said his name. His name is uh, Bert, so Bernard funny. or gosh, what God, was it? Funny. Oh, my gosh. I feel so bad not remembering his name. If this would ever get out into the into the ether and he would see this. I would. I'll tell you this. I've worked with, with people for 16 years and I don't remember their names. It's it's yeah. OK. It's you, you remember his face and you remember the moment. You'd remember each other if you saw each other. Yeah, absolutely. Like. He probably remembers uh, this moment, I'm was, sure. Uh, Bernard or something. It was very, like, old school name. And, and he's just, he just screams, Mikey! E.T.! <laughs> 
so I was like, hey, bro, come on out here. Let me talk to you for a little bit. He goes, dude, I just had the best time of my life. Mm-hmm. Like my meeting you guys at Little Bro Zone and then going off into the world after that. He's like, it was literally the best time ever. Mm-hmm. And so at a certain point, he just grabs E.T. and runs directly into the crowd going nuts and starts dancing with E.T. in the Calliope stage. And then we hung out for like another hour. Never saw that kid ever again. But what are the chances that I run into him on the car at the Calliope stage where Casey and Anna and a bunch of those folks were already up there? Uh, I mean, slim to none because Bonnaroo is so huge. It's so big. And why it's so dark. Really, like you're only attracted to things that are glowy, and you're yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Like, or like, iconic things like. Well, ET. they had the fox masks and those crazy, amazing masks that those guys mm-hmm. all had that year. Yeah, that was, yeah. I cannot wait. Then that's that's the type of energy and fun that's coming to Columbus like this weekend and tonight. And but yeah, it's it takes um, an environment like a music festival or just Bonnaroo for this instance to like have that open mindedness and really mm-hmm. just kind of shed a huge layer that society's put on you, and then have that raw form of sure. by Saturday humanity. you're in it. You're in it. By Friday, you're still shedding a little bit. By Saturday, like the evolution uh, evolution of Bonatron is how it always goes back to that because you can you can see the stage of ET on Thursday coming in. It's like getting into a hot tub slowly. ET Saturday night, the difference of the full on. Yeah, you're up to your head and shoulders. But you're going through that too. You know, you're going through that as well. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, you got a LED pink glow hat on, mm-hmm. or you've got like LED shades, or whatever you come across. You've got a glow stick vest that somebody made for you. And, and this <laughs> and this personal growth that I've just been so attracted to and just like drawn to over the years, like it all goes back to the mothership, and the mothership ship is Woodstock, and like just mm-hmm. like the those sorts of festivals from the late '60s and. Um, you mentioned uh, the hog farm and the trip setters over there, like Wavy Gravy yeah. and the Merry Pranksters and, Keezy, and a, yeah. Ken Kesey and yeah, all all of that. I was just brushing up on some factoids and just like it reminds me like I feel like I'm carrying on the spirit of the Merry Pranksters. There you and go. I, I've I've joked around with Wilkie about this. Like we're like a modern yeah. day mar- uh, Merry Pranksters. Like. 100%. Parachute people, all of the people that <clears throat> are just trying to, like, perpetuate the whole good vibe sort of thing without being too woo-woo. It's like, hey, man, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're all about. Like, you pay it forward. I mean, the whole – the hog farm literally had – were there to kind of, like, um, babysit people having bad trips. Mm-hmm. And Harm reduction. The, harm reduction. The amount of times that I've come up. And you don't. I don't really have a, a big platform to promote this, but like with your audiences, they they would understand. Like, I've had dozens of people over the years um, come come up to me or my people saying like, "Hey, man, I really needed this," and mm-hmm. I I knew what they meant. And you can just look in their eyes; they're not having a good time. Oh or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Or, or sure. people like explicitly saying like, "Hey, man, I was having a bad trip. Someone gave me bad stuff, oh, dude." Yeah. And like, yeah. literally, like you snapped me out of it. You helped I, write yeah. the course. I was spiraling. I was like, I, yeah. I lost my friends. I couldn't do this and that. Yeah. And like, I didn't invite that. The parachute did. But like, mm-hmm. it's the people there that are attracting, attracting people that are feeling lost and just like some of my favorite them, memories. Just resetting. Yeah. That's all You're it like is. the festival life raft. 
Some of my favorite parachute people can be that. Yeah. yeah. Memories at festivals are helping people through tough spots. I mean, you know, yeah, I, we get I a lot it's... of comments on like I wear my Lost Lands hoodie on the show when it was like actually really cold over the winter. Lots of comments on the Lost Lands hoodie. But me and TJ running jib for those years at Lost Lands, being in a cage essentially surrounded by the festival goers. I mean, you're out there. I mean, I've helped people, you know, we're sober. And helping people that are on a bad trip or took too much L or took too much Molly or whatever it is, and they just, like, need somebody to talk to. Um, and so those are some of my favorite memories of, like, running into someone like that that just needed a somebody to be like, it's okay. Yeah. You're going to be fine. In an hour or two, you're going to be having the best time of your life. Yeah. Get you a just slice need of pizza. To, I'm going to put my arm around you. I'm going to ground you. We're going to talk. And, uh, you know, an example of the workout festival one year, shooting video, this guy just comes up out of nowhere. He, his eyes are just, you know, wide open. He looks lost. He's like, hey, buddy, how, how you doing? Come on over. Hang out. I was like, did you take too much acid? And he just stared at me and went like this. I was like, all right, come on over here. You're good. Sit on the picnic table. Doesn't say a word the entire time. An hour goes by. He looks at me, gets up, looks at me, shakes his head. And just walks away. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's just all it took was, mm-hmm. hey, buddy, you want to hang out with us? And he didn't contribute or talk to anybody. He just needed to get grounded. And, you know, he probably had a great rest of his night. You mentioned this keyword and this buzzword that I love and gravitate towards, um, harm reduction. And yeah. and that, that, that goes a long way. with If you're in a community like that, like, a little can go a long way um, with just knowing how to be preventative and yeah. be aware of signs and also knowing what to do if it, if it is around. There are definitely things not to do. but People um, take too much. They don't understand, like, more anything yeah. does not equal more fun. I tell people that all the time. Number, number one, set and setting. Set and setting, put always. A, put a, 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 you know, a focus on what, what you're trying to accomplish, if nothing else. But, uh, you know... More does not equal more fun ever when it comes to psychedelics. And just people get bad information. You know, they're not guided through in a positive way, which is why, you know, using psychedelics in a therapeutic setting, you know, in 10, 15 years, there might not be that many people that are using psychedelics for at festivals and, and recreationally. You know, it's it, going to be microdosed in like a whole part, paradigm part of, shift. It's, it's part of wellness. It's, I mean, yeah. it's already. I don't know if you know this, but like Bub, like you, in, in the medical community, like there's a there's ketamine clinics that mm-hmm. you go in and they treat depression. Like yeah. actually, a friend of mine, he just sold his practice in Miami, and he's part of like a community where he presented at a conference. This is a physician, have you, um, Dr. Kazi Hazan, like down in Miami. Like he he's part of a practice where they brought in Mike Tyson to talk about like the benefits of like um, psychedelics and like the therapeutic the effects. Toad. Yep, the t- is it he's t- a big toad, big toad kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. and five like, meo DMT. Like this is uh, like it's it's crazy to think that like it's taken all this time, but like we've we've all known that MDMA, like um, or at least sorry, those those in the community know that MDMA is really tapped into patients who have suffered from PTSD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if done in the right setting, it, it can really have a lot of benefits. But yeah, people are trying to self medicate at festivals and take. Mm-hmm. take too much or not know anything right. and like not have like the parameters of set and setting yeah. or at least they don't have anyone within their 
group with their group that knows like, about this. Now, if you're with the trying to go to bed Bonnaroo folks, and and it's the first time that you let loose, that if you're going to be fine, you're, fine. you're, you're I mean, in like, good hands. You know, with the the whole group of all those people. These you, are people that care, and they they yes. they know that. Whether well, they partake if you don't or not, have that yeah. And you go to Rue by yourself; it's your first time, and you were there with two, three people, and you're not connected. And all of you guys are having a bad trip. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good, good time. And honestly, that that's, day, I really hope and think that there should be a paradigm shift within festivals to not turn a blind eye. There has to be some sort of like recognition. People walk right by people having bad trips all the time. It's like, oh, you know, they're more supportive at. Electric Forest and Rue, and I mean, there are, but most of the time, people don't know what to do. There's like, oh, damn, like, and like, like festivals have been um, historically a, a countercultural movement, but like now it's been more in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But we should take what we learn in the counterculture and take it to the re- like to the everyday. Like, yeah. all right, if people party like in a non-festival setting, like you, you can still apply like, all right, if you see someone that's off, like this is, these are things to do or like knowing how you can help and step in without being intrusive or mm-hmm. just like you could, you could save a life and like you could, you could help out like, um, a stranger in need. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. But, uh, uh Thank you so much for having me here. Dude, like, this, this has been a blast. Like another breath moment. Like this is this has been really cool. Like and how I, long have we been going? I don't even know what time it is. <laughs> look at all of this. Like Ron Father stepped in. Like like all all of these. We got people some here. family in here. That's for sure. It's been it's been really nice to to kind of see and have this opportunity. I really hope this is a um, the first of many. I mean, like yeah, sure. I, w- I would love to to be in and like I think when we, when you pitched it like. I would love to just be the, uh, how did I put it? Rotating uh, co-host. Ro- ro- when, like, I can't come in and you maybe you hop in with Bub. Yeah, do it. Do I'm a spe- on vacation. Do a special edition. And I think, uh, like, one of the episodes, Absolutely. we're like, hey, let's do, let's, do a, let's do an homage episode to Chris Farley. And I'm like, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> you I'm, want in on that? I'm here to be a. Uh, let's I'm, do it. I'm a pop culture fiend, man. I love anything. Oh, like, we'll, well, we'll go, we'll do a deep dive. Strange like, pop culture. Dude. Strange pop. We do Strange. that every on every episode. We'll make a bag of special popcorn like back in the day, that show where they used to have different colored bags of popcorn, like yes. blue oh, and yeah. green and orange. We'll do strange pop oh, in the I think that movie we, we just night. we just birthed the parish of people popcorn. I love a good alliteration. So <laughs> yeah. we got we'll just do some red, yellow, blue, green food dye. And yes. then just like that can be a little centerpiece and then we can work backwards from the Chris Farley filmography. We'll we'll start off with his last film, Almost Heroes, and then go back and do to and cone do, heads and oh man, you're going early like before that, but um, working backwards, got black sheep, we got Tommy yep. Boy, cone heads, Ronnie, yeah, dude. We Ron- talk about cone heads a few and times on this show. He is <laughs> he is one of my favorite Ron editions. Like, there's there's Ronnie from Cone Heads, there's Ron Swanson, yeah. there's yeah. Ron Burgundy, yep. uh, there's Ron Weasley, those yep. are. Anytime I'm at a festival, like, what's your name? Ron. Like, what? Ron. Like Swanson. Like, <laughs> like Ron. Like Burgundy. Like, uh, Too chill Ron, bro. Too chill Ron, Ron, bro. bro. And that's it's a why, great name. And that's why I love the bro zone. It just, it's, it's only a matter of time before our orbits collided our, here on the studio set. Yeah, for sure. Our worlds collided. The bro zone in the, in the shoot. <laughs> It'll happen again, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, dude. Th- this has been this has been really cool, and uh, 
I would love to be the Andy Richter to your Conan O'Brien. That's that was the reference. <laughs> nice. I'll, let me let me be let me be the couch potato. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll add the colorful commentary. So. Oh my God, dude. Dude, big ups to the, the strange road. I am like I am a true hitchhiker now. Like I'm. <laughs> Word, man. I, Hell like, yes. I've, I've not only drank the Kool Aid, I've chugged it. I I've uh, I funneled it. I Wait, funneled when, the when did the moment really hit? Was it while you were sitting here and you like took that second and you were looking around and kind of putting it all together? Because I know that moment. I had the same thing happen where I was like, "What he is did. happening During while DA, we're doing this?" The Dog Man episode. Because we got the screens here where it's like we had their yeah. face there. So when I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him. But Mike's looking where you're looking. He's talking to him too. So like, mm-hmm. there's just this moment where I was like, "What? What the hell is actually happening here?" That was the solidifying moment. The the collective moments was actually just coming in here. Um, and like you said, like I've been trying to squeeze this time in. So I took a nap here in this very cozy studio before before everything. <laughs> you look and, very comfy. In Ricky's beanbag chair. In Ricky's beanbag chair over there. And like I'm like I'm so stoked for any guest that gets to come on and like get to like experience this whole little cozy setup. It was that moment and then just uh uh seeing the studio before um as you were coming in and like doing like the countdown it was this place is very professional and it's really cool to see your ideas that you've been talking about ever since the pandemic really manifest so i'm really proud of you mikey i'm really proud of you bub and stoner back there and just like and roa and all this beautiful artwork here like absolutely it's incredible for it to come come together and like you have to just be here to experience it and shout out to everyone listening to us ramble like this is super blessed man it's we're, cool we're time and attention is very important and i'm like it's cool to that you guys care about what we're talking about or at least hopefully get a laugh i mean oh, we, all, yeah. we, all, we all could use a laugh oh yeah i hope we give people some laughs during this because i get i feel like i'm stealing if not because i laugh the whole time oh yeah <laughs> i can't help it man like mike you were saying we've we've known each other a long time we used to fight over who got to sit next to mikey at, at movies that were funny because Mike would start laughing and he would like fire you up more. So like everybody would want to sit next to Mike at any of the funny films we went and saw as kids like Dumb and Dumber for Jared Hess's birthday. Yep. There was definitely that. a battle over where that seating chart was going to be. Like more than my <laughs> wedding, I cared more about where I was sitting at Dumb and Dumber than where guests sat at my <laughs> wedding. I was legit dedicated to that film once we got there. But no, it's been it's been a great afternoon uplifting episode of just like feel good, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm running off of like a power nap, like as you say, like this yeah. is, I'm like three hours of sleep, but this energy right now is going to be perfect for what I'm about to go into, like yeah. sharing, sharing more of like uh, the parish of people story and like what we plan on doing. So if, yeah. if if anyone listening is in the Columbus community or even just out there in the continental United States and want to get involved, come come check us out on Instagram. We're the parachute people, um, and you'll you'll see this uh, live thread and like you can reach out to any of the people in the youtube comments like sean wilkie is like probably number one supporter mm-hmm. fanboy like yeah. extraordinaire he he is the coolest human being ever and like he is he is someone that's keeping me lifted i mean like oh, yeah. there are people out there behind the scenes that like i'm sure with any passion project they they see you go and they're the cheerleader and like they will sit you down to be like yeah. hey man like I know you're doing a lot of great things in the world, but like, hey, how are you doing? Who, who yeah. checks in the people that checks in with other people? And Sean yeah. Wilkie's that person. And yeah, you've been that person for me. And like, what a linchpin! Know. I mean, we had a, a world collide that year. We met Sean at with you at uh, Bonnaroo. We connected right away. 
Oh, it's, it's, it's only a matter so, of time. We yeah. were just like thick as the. I think we went everywhere together. Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah, it's a nexus. There, there are people glue. out there. It's glue. Yeah, like, yeah. Sean's a glue yeah. guy. You know, you and holds him are a lot of things very, together. Would mm-hmm. be very similar then. I could hang out with two Mikeys. <laughs> That'd be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if you had a twin. No, can't. No. Can't imagine. <laughs> no. It always makes me think of the line from Fearing and Loathing in Las Vegas when when uh, uh, Benicio Del Toro's getting on the plane and Johnny Depp's Check like, there he goes, some kind of strange <laughs> mutant. You know, too rare to, yeah. to multiply, but too strange to die. Like, whatever the line is, I'm butchering. But I feel like that. Like, there can't be two of me. I couldn't deal with myself. I have a tough time dealing with my own self. So if there was two of me... I, I couldn't do it. Here's some great photos of uh, the parachute in action. That's awesome. And honestly, like this that's that's right not now? me, but that that has been me before. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, this one is at Okeechobee. This was right before we had a free pizza party. This one here, um, can't make that up. Is that Quill? Oh, oh, that one. I think that was at uh, here away. in Columbus at Breakaway. Breakaway. Yeah. Yeah. So not only that um, we bring parachutes, but we also um, promote. Free pizza parties. Oh, look at that. Wow. It's almost yeah. like it was planned. But. Santa Ron. <laughs> Dude, I was at Krongbin the first time I saw them, and you went running by me in a, a Santa Claus hat that time. You remember that? Oh, dude. You came uh, dancing in like Santa Claus to Krongbin, and I was like, Ron? Is that the time you passed Newport. out? Newport. No. Oh, different that, was at, uh, that was at Krongbin, Krongbin at uh, Kembra. It's it, it's it's a it's a matter of like all right how can you elevate a parachute experience like because I mean that, it dude. doesn't get any better Being than having a parachute. That parachute is pizza so party, pizza under party under a parachute just like and it's <laughs> free pizza and it's like it's just like let's keep on doing this and yeah like, you're not wrong. Shout out to Pizza Nova at music festivals everywhere. The, at Shaking Knees, yeah. when you saw us, Pizza Nova hooked it up. I oh, mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You had gave, like a stack. We had that's like, a great. We shot. had a dozen. Did Stoner, pair. did you take that photo? Stoner did take that's that photo. That's a Stoner that, original. That, that is a Stoner be. wide shot sunset at what stage? That's and 20, that is, 2017. That's 2017. That's the Think Kindly and yeah. Boldy shoot yep. that was at U2 that year. Now, this was at. Um, oh, that was at. Um, what show was this? Oh, um, it's a sweaty Ooh. man. Moon something. Not, uh, oh, um, seasons change. Future mm-hmm. Islands? Future Islands. Is that it? Future, future, either Future Islands or... They're from North Carolina. It would future be Future Islands. Islands. Yeah. Gosh, I love my pop culture friends. Like, <laughs> no, a little bit about everything. Uh-huh. That is a beautiful moment. Like, it's the... The sunset blooms. The sunset blooms are just incredible. And so that's Patrick Nam saying his thing and just sharing like the importance of just community and like like he loves he has this line where he says like all right i need you to do three things this is your homework all right drink water yeah stay hydrated um uh second thing is give someone a high five just like pay it forward and the the last one he wraps up with is like when you can think about it call your mother (laughs) <laughs> yeah, call your mom. Mom's important. And I'm just like, or call you, call call your, call someone you love, call a parent. Just like, hey, yeah. just thank them. I'm just like, you That's know what? Cool. That is, that is a cute thing. Like, you know what? Everyone has their little moment of like trying to like, just, you know what? be be kind to someone else and that's that's exactly what the parachute people do just like life is too short here on this earth and like it it takes a beautiful parachute to kind of remind you that to cherish every every moment like you're you're not gonna have any other time that's Uh, a great shot choose kindness 2015 this was uh uh that was the early years it makes me want to go to rue 
look, camp, campsite bro zone would have been like literally like uh, 50 yards back. 50 yards yeah, from yeah, where sure. this was. For we sure. were so far up front. Yeah, that, that was like the nice. It was a labor of love to get up there because I was a nurse at the time. Mm-hmm. So my sleep schedule was all jacked up. And when we got there, I was up like 24 hours straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had driven down. We're dragging the, the wheelbarrow and the uh, not wheelbarrow, but the wagon. Uh, the, the wagon and all of our shit. And we're getting up there and I'm just delirious. And I wake up that evening and Mike's like, Bub, Bub, get up. Come on. It's time. Like what? And it was like Wolfpack was on and Borns was playing that night. It was and I like floozies, out of Wolfpack. All oh, floozies. Right that was the row. first one. That was floozies. Floozies was awesome. And the same state that that is yeah. under th- that tent. It was a smaller tent, stage. Yeah. It yeah. was fantastic. It's the one in the way back. It's this so tent. you were saw. Yeah, it is this tent. Yeah, because that tent is is near the the opening stage yep. right there. Yeah. Yep. So if you're at Wolfpack, you saw the parachute come out. Yeah, for sure. I don't the, remember. The, the parachute, 100%. The parachute crowd surfed during, yes. um, we came uh, waiting for the moment, and sure enough, the the wizard was behind this one, too, just as you two. He was like, we're going to take it to Wolfpack, and we're just going to pop it in the crowd. And there is a video That's on YouTube crazy. where um, it's just like uh, the singer Antoine Stanley just breaks down and just points out points at the parachute yo that's love that's love and that was patrick's way of saying hi to his old friend because and him and antoine went to a school together in michigan oh They're, that's cool they, wow. they were both in the singing department and that's cool and it's like it's yeah, little that. moments of magic that just like you know what people remember that just kind of like oh wow i was under a parachute a big rainbow parachute listening to yeah. the best jazz jazz yeah. fusion ever if yeah. you haven't listened to wolfpack Check them out. Check them out. Well, I don't out. know if you knew this, but the the promos I was doing for Instagram, I chose a Volpeck song, a Floozy song, I and, heard a, the Vol- and a Big Wild song. Oh, Just see? for you, bud. Dude, I, I heard the <laughs> Volpeck one, and that, honestly, like, with my nursing schedule, it's like, I just, like, I, I the, and also, I hate the Instagram algorithm. You don't see yeah. things that are not, yeah. um, unless you check the bell, subscribe, mm-hmm. do that right now, as I did with The Strange Road, like, Notifications, yeah. like posts, reels. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way you'll see it because we feel like a sensory broken record sometimes trying to tell people, hey, you want to know when we go live that you know, that's literally the only way. And you right. just hear little things like that because I'm a, I mean, I'm a big ADHD I've kind of kid. The, so I've right. lost the thrill of, of telling people how to find us. Like, honestly, I was like, oh, you know where to find it. And I was like, you know where to find us. Just yeah, that we're kind of like an esoteric like, channel bro, you've got to look into. Yeah. The strange. You'll road. find You'll your find way here. Yeah. Yeah, it'll work out. But hit that notification bell. It does help. Yeah, there you go. It does yep. help. And we would appreciate it. It. We just like to Dude. get some more eyes and comments on stuff to know. Also, what these guys and gals are thinking in the chat sometimes of like their experiences because there's a lot of like referential. I'm seeing things tick off while you guys are talking. Sometimes or like people are like, oh, that was awesome. Putting that parachute. You're like that shared experience is happening there as well, which is so much fun. Like to watch that just go kind of crazy and add and, so much to the yeah. show. And like you going to Wolfpack and doing the, like I had to force Bub to get up. I was like, dude, so tired. You don't under it's Thursday night, right? It was Thursday it was, night. It was, it was like Thursday bro, night. This is rude. Early. Thursday night. You have to get up. Almost nine at night. You have to come with up. me. You're not missing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you then drug me out of that tent. After that, you're like, all right, I'm going back to the tent, going to bed. I'm like, bro, you don't go to bed. <laughs> nobody so goes tired. Nobody goes to bed though. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, um, just, just you know when your battery is yeah. tapped. But the Friday night, you and Saturday night, you were like totally ready to go. Calliope yeah. stage still that night was I think Thursday because we still stayed. Once I got the hint that like it oh, wasn't going to turn off, end. then no. I was like, oh okay, well I guess I'll sleep whenever I sleep. I don't need to like prep for tomorrow. 
No, but I didn't want to miss shows the next day. I was ready for. Then you just got to get your rest. Yeah, you got to listen to your body when you can because there's going to be so much stimulation. That first Bonnaroo, I couldn't have picked a better lineup for myself. I had Tame Impala. I had Lucius. I had Father John Misty. I had Band of Horses. I had Borns. I had Wolfpeck. I had Floozies. Mm -hmm. I had um, M83. Was Churches there too? Churches was there. I saw uh, Third Eye Blind, Raylan Baxter, Brett Denon. Um, Gosh, Raylan Baxter. God, who else? Two Door Cinema Club. Um, Paramore. Father John Misty dying laughing during a song as a blow-up doll was being crowd served. (laughs) Him breaking character of Father John Misty at a show was awesome because he was like he couldn't. You know, I always think of him as like Elton John and Jim Morrison combined, like this very depressed, very prolific musician and common. You know, he has got that Jim vibe. Yeah, he does. But to see him just laugh and get that levity to his kind of like you know very like a very morose sort of just yeah like yeah it was just cool to see him like a jaded character of. Society. It's one of the best shows he I've is been to. Pinnacle, like just like pretentious hipster. Like, oh yeah. Like and just he knows it, and that's like his like persona. It's like yeah, yeah. This is this is what I sing about. We saw him at the Palace Theater or the How Theater. I can't remember which one downtown mm-hmm. here. One of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. The presence of mind of stage presence and 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 aesthetic and vibe being transferred from what you're doing. It's like how I always say like there are certain musicians who are great at playing music. Their show might not be that interesting. They might not do a lot or their lights aren't great, but their music's very powerful, and mm-hmm. that's their side. And then there are other performers that maybe they're not the world's greatest musician, but they're great at putting on a great show and having enough music that they know that entertainment level. And I go, and then there's Pink Floyd, and then there's Tame Impala, and there are these bands that give you just – it can stop you in your tracks uh, songs – but when they know that they can take you on that ride with the visual and the engagement as well, and they get that full wizardry of a show mm-hmm. and take you on that ride, that's when it's like, I'm in. Speaking of wizardry of a show, like my favorite all-time back-to-back Bonnaroo setlist moment was the Bonnaroo 2016. It was M83, at which stage, playing probably at 1 o'clock in the morning, like late night. Followed by Tam Impala. Mm-hmm. So imagine, the Tam Impala show was amazing. It was incredible. Giving there, me goosebumps right now yeah. thinking uh, about that. There was like, uh, there was a, at, at Bonnaroo and especially Bonnaroo, there's like, you can tag and spray paint the walls leading up. Mm-hmm. And like one of them that year um, famously said it was like, Listening to Tame Impala is like drinking a psychedelic milkshake. I'm like, <laughs> yes. That's thank, pretty good. Thank you to whoever said that because that year that's what it felt like. And mm-hmm. I knew personally um, that I wanted to be at that set and I was going to bring the parachute there. So we uh, we had the parachute out for M83, um, was waving, and then like Midnight City came on and then definitely popped it out during that and had like a group of people just like – chilling under the background and like it's cool to see like little memories and just like shaky footage of like oh my god this is the best thing ever yeah and then you get like a half an hour reset and then you get your mind absolutely rocked by tame impala at the late mm-hmm. show at the late show how about when it they left the three stage o'clock in the morning. it went to three o'clock but it, it, it seemed it was it was so late but it was so short it was like man i thought it i was gonna get more like two yeah. hours do you remember when they left the stage how they do it they turn on all the fog machines, all the confetti, and then they leave, and just, they have like this was, noise. It, it, like was, it was static noise taping out. Yeah, but then they have like it. Basically, the way I think of it is like they're almost simulating like a UFO coming down and abducting the band back, 
is mm-hmm. when the show ended and because like the lights start going nuts and the lasers and the like the noise that the was the reverb. I mean that was very fitting because that year they they had like what looked like just it was a sorry it was a black screen and it was an oscilloscope. Oh yeah 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 it was it was super simple and I'm like you know what that's and they were shining to to the band the band was in front of the projector it was very very simple like very very simple very effective it's like very like. <coughs> and you know, you just realize how pleasing it is. Just like simple white confetti is uh, just like for for the right moments. And you got two big doses of just like moments of just like confetti blasting in your yeah. face as just well, like same Australian as shaky knees. Yeah, at shaky knees though. <coughs> I'll tell you what blew mm-hmm. me away at that freaking show. Mm-hmm. They did Elephant, right? Oh, classic. So they, they rock and the crowd's all into it. I think they were the Sunday night like headliner. Like they ended Shaky Knees. And so he's going all and he gets the elephant solo, right? And they have him up on the Jumbotron. But when they show his eyes on the Jumbotron, when he was looking out, they were like shooting these giant high powered like light lasers onto the crowd. Like he had like laser eyes up on the stage. I don't know if you remember that or so. I was watching it in the audience at the time going like, I don't understand. He's on another level. He's on another level. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like the engineering of the show while also just making music that I could just stand alone on the music. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know that. I'm not saying I don't need the show, but what I'm saying is he's got that full picture of like. He's obsessed. It's a full it's on show. It's a package, show. yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's but a whole experience. But he is very Stage attention to detail. Mm-hmm. He's an obsessive person. Right. Everything's perfect. The yeah. sound, the visuals. Like yeah. he is one of my favorites. Writes all the music, records all the music, has a band tour with him. It's but a, he literally creates. He is like Tame Apollo. Yeah. Or Kishibashi or Kishibashi, nice one. He's yeah. great too. Remember isn't in, he? remember I put on Kishibashi in the campground and trying to go to bed, Bonnaroo camp that one day. Dude, synthesized. When we yeah. were slapping the bag at we, like ten AM. We first saw We first saw Kishibashi on Mike's bachelor trip. Yeah. Was he crazy. was playing as an accompanying uh, in, musician in of Montreal. Yeah, mm. and we saw him at the Living he came Theater of rapped. Arts in Philadelphia. He rapped. That was his music thesis. In just a the tip, all white tux. Yeah, and rapped. We had no clue that he played violin. He did a, he did a rap like an Indian rap. Thing. It was crazy, dude. It was his music thesis. Yeah, and we were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Years later, I'm reading a Paste magazine article, and I see this name Kishibashi, and I'm going. That guy looks like the violin player from up Montreal. Is it? Started yeah. putting the two pieces together, and I was like, "So he—that's what that he was—he's of a Montreal. He, he was like to, just he a touring tour piece. He tour piece because Kevin Barnes of of Montreal is of Montreal. Mm. Kevin Barnes writes every piece, instrument, vocal, yeah. writes it, records it, gets a band and tours with them. Incredible. The Tame Impala, Beck. That's how they all do it. It's one Kishi, person. Kishibashi is um, probably one of my favorite people i've ever just stumbled upon like Mm -hmm. he opened up for an artist here in columbus and i met him at the newport kindest dude ever Mm. and he's one of the very few Mm. like autographs that i've what uh, show was it because i think i was at that it was probably um him and guster it was guster yeah i was at that show because i took a picture with him because i wore the shirt i bought at the cleveland show (laughs) and he was coming back from the bathroom and getting a whiskey because he likes a whiskey right Mm -hmm. and i was like hey man he goes he's like you know he's tired he's like man he like starts doing this i said i don't want anything from you i just want to take a picture with you and i unzipped my jacket and he saw the shirt and he went 
I wear that shirt to bed every night. I love that T-shirt. And he's like, yeah, I'll take a picture with you. So he's like, more, yeah, it's like, this, is, this is the true fan moment. Yeah. It's really cool because, you know, like you don't want to fanboy too hard. And, like, no. He just played a set. That was like 2016, 2017. Yeah. I gave him a hacky sack at A&R Bar. I was following oh. him on Twitter, and he put out like a message like, does anybody have a hacky sack? I'm on tour. And I was like, so I found his like tour manager. like, here, he put this out. Here you go. Because, like, we ran into him in the airport in Miami accidentally. Me and my wife missed our flight back from Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. We get rerouted to Miami. I'm upset because I had a show to do when I was in Bright Night, Alaska. So I had to get back. I had things to do. <laughs> so we're at this airport in Miami waiting, trying to get our flight changed over. We're on layover. And this dude goes walking by. And at first, it's like, man, he kind of looked like Kishibashi. And I'm like, that's not him. And then I looked at him again, I saw his backpack, and he had this little violin backpack, and I went, holy shit, that's Kishibashi, and I go, Kim, is that Kishibashi? And she's like, I think so. I was like, go ahead. I, like, ran down, I just said his name, he turned around, I was like, just wanted to know it was you. I had to make sure I wasn't, you know, having a, a what is it, a doppelganger. Doppelganger moment. Yeah. But he's a super right. nice guy. The she actually ran into the him in the- doppelganger shout out episode. She ran into him <laughs> in the bookstore, in the, in the shop, and just, you know- Letting people know you appreciate their work is the only thing I want to do. I don't want anything from you. You don't have to autograph nothing. Mm -hmm. I just want to let you know how much you affect and impact me and make a positive change for me. If I put on his albums, I don't, I, and it's like the nicest like little nugget you find back because until Mike just said his name right now, I'd have been like, I haven't listened to so that for so I'm long. So but once a year, that. I'll put Kishibashi on just to remind myself how incredible. Stoke the fire. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially the album. Uh, the first one? No. Is it the one? Are you talking it, about Philosophize It? Chemicalize yeah, it? Not Synthesize It, Philosophize What's It. That's the album a great called, one. Uh, I can picture the artwork because it, it looks very like Renaissance. -like. Oh, it's Kishibashi Lyite. That's it. That's it. Like L-I-G-H-H-H-T or however he spelled yeah. it. Yeah. He spelled yeah. it really funny. He's just a very, he's a deep thinker. He writes very interesting music. He has such an extraordinary vocal the range he tells. and that too. They're like these long. It's kind of like, like a violin virtuoso. Mm -hmm. It's like Andrew Bird, but Andrew Bird's you know doing Andrew Bird, which him and Kishi are totally different in their stylistic approach to but the loop pedals stuff. Yeah, that they do, well, they do is, yeah. is very similar. Yeah, yeah, the techniques and methods to make the music, but the overall. Yeah. Like even Andrew Bird, dude, like that's a wild show to go to. Like that guy is deep into it. Like he's in his own world playing that he's stuff. He's prolific. Like, he has like 20, 30 albums. Yeah. Like it's crazy, that dude. And that whistle. If I could whistle like that, man, I don't even know if I'd play violin. I might just work on the whistle. It's got <laughs> just the best whistle work. ever. His epic. his name is so spot on. Anyhow, otherwise. Are you um, speaking of all this music and like this is the type of like talk that I love trying to get into, like when you explore music festival lineups, like I would not have known like. How, like how awesome Andrew Bird is without these little mm -hmm. like <clears throat> talking piece moments and like, mm -hmm. are you gonna guys gonna be going to any music festivals this year? I'd like to go to Secret Dreams. Uh so tell what, Legend what, Valley. Secret. That's in August, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're combining like the workout with that in a way. It's like STS Nine Tipper. Um, it's a lot more jam uh, on the on the lineup, and then Papadozio and uh, the Works and. Um, but yeah, just something local. Like I would love to go to Rue or like go big, but yeah, it's kind of tough. I was going to go. Stone's to Rue. going to Rue. I was gonna going go to Rue. Rue. Yeah, I don't know if I could swing both, but um, Cavern Show. With, Stone uh, had some extra tickets pop up for Gizzard for the Cavern, Cavern. Show. Mm. If I could see King Gizzard this summer, and that might be 
I'd be super happy if I'm I saw that. Gizzard I'm doing at two least nights. once. Last year I had Tame Impala, My Morning Jacket, and King Gizzard. Those were the three. I was like, if I see those three bands on tour, I'm going to be super happy. Yeah, I, I missed the Tame not show. Do it, and I went to all three, and it was that. incredible. The gods were against me that night because it rained so much. Had the yeah. show been on time, I, I could have made Dizboro, it. Yeah, uh, to Tame I didn't Impala, see it. We, we stood in the rain, dude, for, I don't know, two hours trying to get in in yeah. my Patagonia. Oh, but, but good, good music would do that to you. They'll miss yeah. you. And I was like, that's, that's tomorrow. It was worth it. it We're was going rough. to Pittsburgh to go see Lucius. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. That dude, was they're fire. I don't know if you've checked them out before, but. I, didn't they play? Uh, they played at Bonnaroo uh, that yeah, first year. They had the yeah. matching, like, crazy outfits and mm-hmm. the, the vocals. So that's another crazy one. A girl I used to work with. I remember when I was really into Lucius when they first came out with Wilder Woman, their first album with the you know the chick eating the ice cream cone and the cartoon. Yeah. And we shot them at um, um, uh, the Newport. Yeah, in that album. Girl I work with is like finally started digging into him. It's about a year later. She goes, "Oh, I went to high school with the guy that plays guitar in that band." I like just all these weird you know six degrees of separation type stuff where like I learned from my old roommate how to hunt music myself. What I mean is, like, I, I never wanted to listen to the radio. How do I find good music? Like, Stoner does it, too. We go to KEXP to watch a lot of live shows of indie bands, you know, NPR, Tiny Desk Concerts. Where do you l- find some of these, you know, unknown, unknown mortal orchestra bands? Like, that's one of my favorite band names, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. It's such a great name. But you go on KEXP, you go on Paste Magazine, or they used to actually have magazines they sent in the mail. And Paste Magazine, if you subscribe, would send you the magazine, and every month it gave you a sample CD of, like, 16 tracks. And then they covered them. And so you could sit there and kind of, like, learn how to read about a review of a musician. What does it mean when you say they're, you know, a new-age jazz fusion metal? What what, what does it mean if they're this title or that? Or if you can't categorize them, you know, how do I take what you're telling me about the show and interpret and know I want to listen to it or if I should go down that road rather than going the radio just feeds you what you should listen to the television just programs it for you finding your own music is like going on netflix and deciding if you want to watch that show or not spotify recommendations and but their algorithm is pretty on point yeah it's on point i'm not gonna lie i would agree the spotify a lot of stuff like della soul and it's a lot of stuff on like melody you ever heard of melody no, we'll put on some melody. After is it like is it like Dale so like a early '90s hip hop vibe? <clears throat> it, no, it's more like a almost like an Adesa vibe. Hmm. Uh, uh, so, Adesa. Sorry, I meant Soul Rising, Dale Soul, Soul Rising melody. I've been into it's uh, I don't know like happy EDM with uh, kind of like that Odessa vibe, but a little bit more. Uh, it's just a little different, but yeah, I've been finding and a lot of bands. That's all from Spotify. A lot of yeah. bands with the Mike right. Snow vibe, and what I mean is that yeah. kind of like warble voice, like the dog voice, the like oh, whoa, whoa, like where they distort yeah. that. I'm drawn to that type of music. Hmm. I don't Mike know what Snow it is about. Was it. Way ahead of its, that band was way Mike ahead Snow's of so time. good. Do you know how long it took me to find that name? Because of M I I K E. My is, God, is it Mike? Is it Mike? I always Mike I mean, Snow is a band. The band name. It's not a guy. It's not a guy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just the name of a it's band. The name of the band. Those guys were like just pop like, writers. They wrote "Toxic" for Britney Spears. They're just, huge. It's Swedish like the reverse producer. of Tame Impala. Like Tame Impala is not is is Kevin Parker, and it's just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I always thought it was like Mika Snow. <laughs> when 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 Kevin Parker like got his contract and signed that band and everything, the record label, from his perspective, he didn't tell them he was a singular entity. 
Mm-hmm. So they didn't know for a long time. And they started touring, and he got this band together, right? So these guys would be on tour, and, and, and interviewers for journals and, and newspaper outlets and Rolling Stone, whatever, would be like, hey, man, that bass line and, and you know, this song, like, wh- what was the inspiration for that? And his bass player's like, uh, couldn't say anything. Like, he didn't want them to because he was afraid the label would dump him. And this, he, you know, was very self-conscious. Obviously, you're young and you get this record label. So it wasn't for a while that even, like, his own record label knew that he was Tame Impala. And then the funniest thing was this journalist asked him once, you know, why don't you collaborate with anybody else in your band as Tame Impala? He goes, not trying to be mean, but I am Tame Impala. If anybody else wrote with me, what you've heard so far would cease to exist. You wouldn't get any more Tame Impala. You would have something new, yeah, but you would never have Tame Impala band. again. And it's it's real. It's kind of like the dude, guy said from Gizzard. His touring band, Pond, is incredible. And the drummer from Pond, Pond has a sweet unreal. band named Gum. Yeah. I just found yeah. them from, from Stoner. It's amazing. Yeah. The genesis of this music spreading out, you know. So you saw you saw King Gizzard last year, and you saw... No, I'm going this year to see them at the Caverns in Tennessee. You saw King Giz. You saw Tame Impala. My morning jacket, I wanted to share a really fun story. Saw and I think, I think this, is the, uh, this is the opportunity to do it. So my morning jacket played Bonnaroo in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that was like the rise of Bonatron back then. He he told me of a story where he was playing <laughs> the with a par- the precursor of Bonatron. <laughs> he played with a parachute at Bonnaroo 2015, and he was lying underneath there having the time of his life. Yeah, and had all these realizations. And then um, that year later that night, um, so they played, and I think Sunday at Bonnaroo, like all of the artists who are who are who aren't playing. What they do, there's a special VIP artist section um, behind Witch Stage, and they have a crawfish boil, and they invite everyone, um, everyone and anyone who's available. So when I was back there, I saw Danny Clinch, um, who was a famous photographer. Like, you ever seen, like, that famous Tupac fo- uh, photo of him, uh, black and white, hands behind his back like this, looking to the side. and Thug Life. Thug Life. Mm-hmm. He shot that photo. Like... All these like iconic like artists, Danny Clinch probably had some sort of like influence on it. So he was back there. I had no idea who he was at the time, but I can tell he was like someone who was important. And from a distance, I see Jim James. Hmm. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm back here is because I got snuck in by my friend Yvonne. Um, she had an extra pass that was slipped off by a friend, and I have no reason to be back here. I'm like. I'm just a small fish in a big pond kind of thing. And I'm I'm in, like, festival gear. So festival <laughs> gear, mind you, like, to me at that time, it was, like, 8 or 9 o'clock. Everyone is there, like, not looking like they just went to a festival. So they're, like, in jeans. Like, why would you wear a festival? Like, jeans at a festival. They're, like, the hair done up. They're looking like they're just relaxed. I'm here looking all scrungy. I'm in <laughs> these booty shorts. These are red. I've seen them. Red, red <laughs> sequin <laughs> booty shorts. Yeah, and I'm like, from here to here, Ron's short shorts. Are my incredible. my short shorts. Like it is been it's been a look, and it's the middle of the night, and okay. I just have a fanny pack. So, in the right in the right angle, it just looks like I'm just wearing a fanny pack. Yeah, no clothes, no sh- pants on. Yeah, and I had didn't have a shirt on, and I think I just had a, a small sack. So that good. I had a. I had a um, a camelback and a small parachute. So the reason why I brought that up, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, 
I'm a, I'm on a mission here. Like if I'm going to be on VIP, I'm going to go like see who wants to play with a parachute backstage. So I brought a mini 12 foot parachute, uh, probably like more like 24 foot parachute. Snuck it in backstage, saw Jim James, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get in this spot next to Jim James and just kind of like see if he'll play with the parachute. Um, and I got some people like I was just like kind of schmoozing, talking to people like, hey, you want to play with a parachute and all this stuff? And <laughs> they're they don't want to play with a the parachute. They're in VIP. They're just like, nah, man. I'm like, who are you? Like, that was my like little reality. I'm like, oh, should have blown that whistle. <laughs> should have blown the whistle. I mean, like, you know Hop what? to it, people. <laughs> had, had a big self awareness. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm looking like a crazy person right that's now. That's so funny. But that's fine. It's okay. I'm not gonna win them all. You're being you. I'm just being that's all me. That matters. I popped out the parachute, and I had sure enough people there, and someone had the bright idea of, like, oh, man, let's do that thing where we bake out a parachute. I'm like, sure. I mean, like, I'm not, I don't ever promote that, like, um, doing that because, like, not everyone's there on the same wavelength. Like, people just want to play. They don't want to be subjected to it. But right, right. when you're in VIP, I, there was all consenting adults. You'd be like, you guys cool with this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So... We pop a parachute. We have like probably a dozen people in this. And this is a mini parachute. We're all tucked in. This is not one of the big blooms. <laughs> I love this story so much. And I'm so glad I'm like getting to tell this on the strange road. Yes. Um, we have a little um, mini circle moment. Um, everyone is in there. We're like, hey, where are you from? Like, oh, how'd you get here? Like, what's your story kind of thing? All within five minutes. And someone is like passing around a blunt. And the most epic and iconic thing has ever happened to my life. This is the first celebrity parachute people moment. So we go in there and we're all hunched in. Everyone's going around passing a blunt and I'm like sitting here and across the way. So just out of my sight, I, I can't see like some rattling. Someone's just trying to get in. Like, cause there's always one person that gets, caught stuck. out yeah either stuck yeah. out like hey i want in like what's going on yeah this person forced their way in and then got in and somehow timed it upright to get a joint pass or this blunt passed around to them hit it quit it and left and i'm like who is this guy like what is going on here and everyone had this look in their eyes just like it was him it's jim james I wish. I oh, only wish. Sorry, that, Jesus. that was a big. That was a. That was a big. You did moment. a great job there, pausing, because that was a. I was like, I almost hit the button like on Jeopardy, like Jim James, Jim James. All right, God. here we go. You, the most, the most epic uh, side swerve ever. So not Jim James, but a big, big fan of my morning jacket. None other than the actor who played McLovin from Superbad. Shut no your way. face. He went in. <laughs> McMuffin? Yeah, dude. Like, Faggle? Like, dude, like, the dude, yeah. like, uh, Seal? Like, what is that? Like, all of that, like, <laughs> that moment, I'm like, so the actor who played McLovin, um, uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Mintz Place, Place, like, really cool dude. Would not have guessed um, he would have done that, but apparently he's a, he's a big fan of My Morning Jacket. Anywhere he goes at a festival, you see him. And he was bearded and everything, so he was just incognito, like, minding his own business. But he goes in and literally lifts up the parachute, takes a hit, and everyone's stunned. Be like, dude. McLovin. Like, yeah, did you not see that? I'm like, what? Like, I I couldn't see it. Like, dude, like, I can't live in this suspense. Like, 
I'm pretty sure McLovin just went underneath his parachute, <laughs> took a hit, and then left. I'm like, get out. Like, that do just not, sounds do, do fake, not but that's it. so funny. But it's crazy because like yeah. throughout the whole weekend, I there was rumblings in the in the on the farm saying like I think I saw McLovin. I think I saw McLovin. So I knew. <laughs> you knew he was in the. He ether. was in the area. Yeah, he was. He was oh, it, out there. Well, and it's like Mikey running into freaking uh, Bautista at the Indy 500 last year. You yeah. ran into Dave. Yeah, I met Dave Bautista. Gave him a chest How slap ba- at Ron's bachelor Gave him party. a chest slap. Just Mikey like, did to Bautista. It's a, it's, oh, it's a long story. I don't know if we want to get into. Oh it. my gosh! Like, but it's like it's little cool moments like that where yeah. just like he was the first like little celebrity worth uh, noteworthy parachute uh, cameo. And yeah. Yeah. ever since then, like, I would love to probably say the um, some of the band members from Rainbow Kitten Surprise have played nice. with yeah. the parachute. Nice. Yeah. Um, Let's see another one there. Um, I mean, Andrew McMahon like literally used it in his. He wrapped it around his whole wrapped, body. He wrapped into it a king's robe at Bunbury. So <laughs> that that synesthesia that moment. So cool. He has a song. It crowd surfs into the audience, yeah. and he goes up and he hops the rail. He was yeah. and he goes in and like gets in with the people. Doesn't even skip a beat. Sings it perfectly. Not even out of breath, he holds the parachute over him and literally drags it back to stage and returns it. Mm-hmm. And this is probably my favorite all time, like, like stage audience, sure. like, artist interaction at a music festival. It was like worked out perfectly, and I really hope we get to recreate that moment at Bonnaroo, like um, this year. This year, I mean, like. It's I can't, before. I can't wait to hear all the moments you create going forward. Honestly, like, and I'm hopefully be there to put be a, a part pin of it right of now. Just like, all right, this is what manifestation looks like. All right, we're gonna for sure. We're gonna have an Andrew McMahon moment at Bonnaroo. We're gonna have a moment where we unveil a new groove shoot at Pretty Lights at Halloween. Yeah, well, you've got to you've got to plan the manifestation. It's already real. It doesn't just it's happen for real. you, right? But you plan that manifestation. And the people listening, and then make it happen. It's like your own little. Um, um, auditory, like, all right, self-evaluation, like, hey, you hold yourself to it. This is my pack with myself. It's going to happen. Yep. And the third one, you know what? Let's have another pizza party. It's bound to happen. Word. We're going to give free pizza away starting tonight, Thursday. There you go. 6 to 8 p.m. Here we go. Like, Yeah, dude. Uh, look in the comments below. Like, we have, we're going to bring people together here and uh, really just plan for a really awesome summer. And if you want to get involved with the parachute people, um, come find us at theparachutepeople.org yep. and find us on our Instagram page and just get to know us. Like, we're hanging out. We're just going to be popping up at um, events all around the U.S. this summer. And if you're going to be in Michigan for Electric Forest, if you're going to be in Florida. They're looking for volunteers. We're looking for volunteers. You see that parachute, go help out. Hey, have and fun. by the way, let me just say how much work the parachute blooms are. You guys bust your ass. Yeah, you got to work it is so much work yeah it's a these giant parachutes lugging them around i mean the early years was just like i'm looking at you going god you're this is brutal dude (laughs) but you and patrick are just like we're doing this doing this this is happening you guys are like gluttons for pain out there but you had a vision big picture people just kind of like you know what this is it's a labor because it's worth it afterwards when you see all the people lose their gourds that's the payoff. Yeah. It is the payoff. And people hugging, crying, no, bro, you have no idea. Like, that shit's so cool. It's what fuels me. And it, it yeah. is almost like, it is almost selfish at a time in a weird way. Just kind of like, I want to give that experience for someone else. Because, like, you never know who who out there needs it. Needs it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You're not wrong. 
bro. We're going to end on that. Yeah, Dude, was, that I'd was say, a great way to end it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I want you to this be charged been, up for tonight and get that let power me just nap say, in for, for your event. So yeah, I know absolutely. you. Uh, we appreciate you and I will Make say, this is a, an episode that's been totally different than anything we've ever done. But it's still on the strange road. Of, it's it's all, what I was about to say, yeah. yeah, it's all connected because Campsite Bro Zone, E.T., all these things, you were connected with a lot of the early things that developed into, <laughs> like, the lore of, uh, I don't know, the, the, the building blocks of the strange road and, yeah. and kind of how we, you know, it's been a long, long path. Uh, through festivals, through music, through connecting, through going to shows. And, you know, early on, it, it all kind of led to uh, you guys and all these people that are hanging out with us in yep. the chat. And, Absolutely. You know, through music, we were able to all connect. And it's just been incredible to see where you're, you are now with the Parachute people. Yeah. What you're doing, bro, we couldn't be more proud of you. Where it's come from. And, uh, you know, anytime that we can lend a hand and give you a hand with anything, Any or you need a shout platform yep. to come and talk about something, you're always welcome. The, Thank you. the bro zone's got a, an open door policy uh, with the Duke of the Vibe Tribe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Appreciate you, Ron. Uh, yeah, Appreciate dude. you guys. Very much so. Uh, any last words where we can find you? Uh, uh, last words, just uh, let uh, let this be a reminder to be kinder, guys. Like, seriously, the parachute is not only just the mission for um, our nonprofit organization, but just like a way of life of just like, you know what? This is... Uh, this is the time in this world we could use a little more kindness. So random acts of kindness have is literally the 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 bread and butter, the the crucial like guts of the parachute. So however you want to spread kindness, find it in your community and, and radiate it. So yep. nice. um, you can find us on the parachute people on Instagram. We're on Facebook, theparachutepeople.org. And seriously, huge shout out to Bub Stoner and Mikey, you of course, man, like this has been a manifestation of our conversations and like let this moment be an example of like if you have an idea and it's really just keeps coming back to you like follow it i mean that's what that's what i've done with the parachute people this is what you're doing with your studio and find your community and like collaborate mm -hmm. yeah that's how we can make the world a better place thank you so much guys oh dude thank you 100%. this has been a blast and thanks Appreciate it. to everybody watching live anybody all you guys are incredible you we've rock. got some bonnaroo people some strange road people that all came together for this episode you guys are awesome we miss all of you so much yeah uh you know wilkie next time you're in town we need to hang out stop by uh yep absolutely dude <laughs> That's my dude right there. Um, and, you know, we just want this weekend to go so well and tonight to go so well for the parachute people. Absolutely. And everything you guys have going on. Um, you guys can find us at The Strange Road all over our uh, podcast platforms, YouTube. Like, subscribe, share this. Uh, if you or anybody you know has come in contact with the Rooshoot, uh, <laughs> former Rooshoot or the parachute people in the past, share this video. Uh, I'm not sure if there's ever been an inside, uh, an inside episode or interview with Ron with the origin story of of the Rooshoot now parachute people. No, ever. we laid so, down a lot of history here. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. Share that if you know anybody that has been affected by the parachute people. Um, they can come here for the for the behind the scenes story of how the parachute got yeah. started with Ron Holgado. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And now how it's 
it's bloomed and blossomed into a nonprofit and like how absolutely how there are people out there just kind of like you know what like that's a simple idea let's how can we make it even bigger and better right yep. and that's that's the power of collaboration absolutely Dude, teamwork what we say at the parish of people teamwork makes the dream work you it know it all does it's all gravy and uh yeah man that's i think we uh we crushed on this one this one was there'll uh, be another one yeah this was there'll great. be another one Ron, there's gonna be ha- so I'm, many more I'm another let ones. you know there's yeah time time permitting let's do this man like i've, I've had so much fun doing this and this it's awesome. it's such a natural high. Like I'm just got a little <laughs> got a little coffee and donuts on me. So I'm like I'm great, man. Right. We're all gravy, baby. Well, Bonnaroo high, high five. five. There we go. We need our baby hand high fives. Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> this one's for Sean Wilkie. Group high five. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. <laughs> peace. <laughs>